Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by Star Trek's Lower Decks, Noelle Wells. I'm still wondering, I suppose, what I'm going to do when I grow up. And I hope it continues that way. Always. Welcome back to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. And it is my extreme pleasure to welcome uh, our very special co-host this week, who will be sitting in for Rachel True, who we miss very much, uh, journalist and anchor Sharon Melton. Welcome back, Sharon, to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Hey, Trent, it's such a pleasure to be here. And I'm so excited I could be a part of this once again. So we have you sitting in for Rachel and we have a special uh, guest host with us this week. We sure do. It is the one and only Gary Witta. He's uh, just amazing screenwriter, author, all of this. And I'm so excited to be able to talk to him about not only these amazing quotes, but his ideas and his impressions of these quotes by the one and only Gene Roddenberry. So this is going to be fun. Thank you so much for being with us. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's a privilege to be following in uh, Gene Roddenberry's quotable footsteps. Yeah, it's pretty daunting when you think about quoting Gene Roddenberry. But as you'll see, and as our conversations continue throughout the week, they're very down to earth. He's very relatable. And let's jump right into this quote. So even in his later years, in 1988, when this quote was spoken, Gene was still wondering what he was going to be when he grew up, which I think is so charming and, and wonderful. So, Gary, let me throw this to you. How does this quote resonate with you? And what did you want to be or what do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, I'm very lucky that I, I am doing, it was, it was either two things, either be a firefighter. I really wanted to be a firefighter or uh, be a writer. And it, it was really uh, Star Trek and Star Wars, I think, were both equally kind of responsible for sparking my imagination when I was a kid and thinking, man, I, I want to do this when I grow up. I want to tell stories like this. And so I'm very, very lucky that I, um, that I, that I now get to do for a living what I dreamed about uh, doing when I was a kid. That's great. Um, It's funny because when I think about what I wanted to be when I grew up, this is so weird, but I wanted to be an orthodontist. Really? Um, Yeah. I, uh, you know, I had uh, a retainer and I had braces. And for whatever reason, when I thought about, you know, growing up and becoming a professional or, or, you know, making a living, you know, as an adult, what did I want to be? And something about my orthodontist just charmed me in that I mean, it's fun. I think it's interesting because people are afraid of the dentist and I'm not really a fan of the dentist. I'm not saying that at all. But there was something about that profession that appealed to me. I don't know something about the man and metal thing. I don't know. But it was that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. And then, I mean, obviously, I'm not an orthodontist. Uh, 
I'm, I'm lucky to be podcasting with the both of you. So um, <laughs> it's interesting how we think about what we want to be when we grow up as children and then how that actually works out. So Sharon, how about you? What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my gosh, I had so many ideas in my head. I wanted to be a competitive dancer. I got to do a little of that. So I'm not too upset about that. I wanted to be a professional bowler. And I mentioned this on a previous podcast about bowling because <laughs> when I was 11 years old, I used to bowl in a junior league. And so I did pretty well. I got a 298 out of 300 when I was 11. I was like, I could do this. And then I went, wait, I want to do this. So I was switching all of the time and I loved to write and I get to do that with news all of the time, but I was nosy as heck. I was so nosy all the time. Mm. So I was always questioning people about what about this? What about this? And so apparently I kind of get to do what I love doing, which is asking people questions all of the time in news and reporting. So it's really fun. I love it. And that's apparently, I guess I did. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, in previous quotes, because, you know, now we're up to like 90, I think we're at our 90th quote with this quote. Mm -hmm. And Gene has has referenced uh, in many of his quotes throughout the the run of our podcast about how humanity has yet to mature to the point where we're able to actually travel to the stars and experience the future that he and the writers of Star Trek envisioned. Uh, We're like a childlike race still. We, you know, the earth is our playground and, and we still have a lot of growing to do, which I completely agree with. But this quote in particular references that as well, but like in a more charming way, not that we're immature and we haven't grown to the point of maturity necessarily, but it references what well, he's speaking of himself, like he can't wait to, to see what he's going to be when he grows up at, you know, whatever ripe age he was in 1988, uh, which I think is a very charming way to talk about how, you know, we just we really are still figuring things out as as a people. We have yet to learn how to play well with one another. I think we are working toward valuing the diversity in, in one another, but I don't think we're quite there yet. So uh, I, I just like how this quote references that um, childlike nature that we humans still have in a, in a very sweet way. Very much so. And Gary, what do you think? Um, I mean, this quote certainly is one that uh, I relate to a lot as a, as a creative writer. And I do think it's very interesting and almost kind of magical that this is, you know, as I said, recorded in 1988 when Gene was already a senior citizen mm-hmm. talking about what he wants to be when he grows up, right? There is something kind of uh, wonderful about that. And I'm a 49 year old man. I'm not, I'm no spring chicken uh, myself, but you know, I always, I'm kind of like 49 going on 11 is how I always describe myself is because it's that, that inner child, that, 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 you know, hearkening back to that time in your life when your imagination was most fertile and most vibrant, I think is, is what we try to tap into whenever uh, mm-hmm. as adults, you know, we work in, you know, creative genre fiction. You know, I've worked on kind of star Wars and the walking dead and, uh, Marvel and DC comics and all those kind of things where you have to have like a really, really active imagination. And it's interesting, you know, watching the Olympics for the past few weeks, as, mm-hmm. as we've all been doing, you know, you think about how, you know, these Olympic athletes are often at their physical peak, you know, your, your body kind of reaches its physical peak, kind of like late teens into your early 20s. And even as you get into your mid 20s, right, you start to kind of age out of, you know, peak athletic competition. I think in, in a kind of a cerebral kind of an imaginative context, you kind of peak even younger than that. You peak when you're a kid. Right. Like you're, you're you're never more imaginative and you're never spending more time daydreaming or kind of storytelling or kind of dreaming up kind of outlandish things than, you know, in your, uh, you know, in your in your younger years, in your in your child years. And, you know, so you never really I don't think as we as we become adults, I don't think we ever really 
are that imaginative again. I think again we've kind of peaked in the single digits of our mm -hmm. of our lives. The question is how much of that inner child can you hold on to yeah. and continue to connect with as the grim reality of adult life sets in, right? <laughs> And you begin to realize that the world isn't all sunshine and rainbows. Mm -hmm. I have a nine-year-old daughter. She's so optimistic and she thinks she's just, she's just such a good natured person. And she only really thinks the best of people. She doesn't have a mean spirited or cynical bone in her body. And it's wonderful, but also kind of tragic to think, man, like you've got a reckoning coming. Like in real life yeah. is sooner or later, as you get older, as you get into, into adolescence and beyond, like, you know, all the kind of emotional pain that you go through and confusion. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all the kind of the responsibilities of adulthood, like life is not, you know, a bed of roses uh, for a lot of the, for a lot of the time sure. when, when you're in your adult years. And that can really, um, you know, that, that can kind of crush your, your inner child. And I think for a lot of people it does, and there's nothing more tragic than that. But those of us like Gene Roddenberry, of course, you know, exceptionally so who, who went on to be very, very creatively successful in their adult lives. I think one commonality that I, that I see in Gene and in many of the, in myself and many of the writers that I know that work, particularly in, in genre fiction, you know, where you have to create worlds and, and ask and, and ask those kind of like what if type questions. Uh, and this is stuff that we do. Like when, I, I always talk about this a lot. Like even when we're kids and we're like bashing our action, like, whether it's like you know. Uh, bashing our Star Wars action figures together or making mm -hmm. He-Man fight Skeletor mm -hmm. or playing around with like a USS Enterprise, you know, model that, that like I had when I was a kid. That's that's the beginning of us as storytellers, right? We're not doing, if you remember, like you're never doing that without a narrative context. Yes. You're kind of making up and telling yourselves little stories. I'm making like Kirk fight a Klingon. I'm like, okay, what's the story yeah. going on here? Yes. And, 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 and so, so it's just, it's naturally in our human nature and we know this to tell stories. We love telling stories. We love hearing stories. We love imagining galaxies far, far away and, 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 you know, optimistic or, you know, interesting futures. And it's just, it's just such, such a part of the human condition to want to do that. And again, I, I think that that's most vibrant and most fertile when we are in our child years. And then it, then it becomes a battle to try and retain a connection to that childlike imagination as you mature into adult life. So that's, that's the one commonality that I can think of of all the creative writers that, that I know who have been successful. And again, Gene, I think speaks to it very kind of poetically here, mm -hmm. this idea that the only way you can be truly imaginative and create something as amazing as Star Trek is if you're a, is if you're able to kind of retain that connection to your inner child and let and, and let him or her speak through you as an adult. I agree. And I also think a lot of people try to capture that even more so as they get older, especially you see it between grandparents and their grandchildren. Yeah. And they want to spend so much time with each other because they have a commonality that child wants to be around that person who's older who they know is going to watch after them. And that older individual, that grandparent, that grandmother or grandfather is saying, I want to be around this child because I have so much knowledge, but also I remember that time. I want to get back just a little bit of that youth by spending a little bit of time with my grandchild and, and hopefully pass along a little of that wisdom, but still try to retain that smile, being able to take walks together, go get ice cream together. Mm -hmm. And a little about, I think in my mind, when I see people like that, when I see a number of adults, older adults who are around their grandkids and those smiles and that, that energy that they seem to come out of nowhere. They're sitting on a, a couch one day, they're around the grandchildren, they're walking around the block. Like it's nobody's business. I don't have any pains. I don't need aches. Yep. I still remember yep. what it was like to be a child. And I want to capture that every now and then. And for to have Gene Roddenberry speaking about that, he has the ability and had the unique ability, in my opinion, 
to be able to grasp onto and hold onto something that a lot of us lose as we get older. Mm -hmm. And if we can retrain our own brains and our minds to remind ourselves that, hey, there's still things I don't know. Why not learn them? I may be 50, 60, 70, 80. It doesn't mean I'm not underground yet. I'm still here. So why not learn them? So I think moments like that, if we remind ourselves as we get older to learn and continue to learn, it helps us to hold on to those little bits of that childishness, that that ability of being excited about the, the simplest things. And to retain that, I think that continues to allow us to be that child that we always want to go back to every now and then. Yeah. yeah and, I wonder, and I wonder how much you can really kind of deliberately kind of train yourself to do that or how much of it is just like some of us are just lucky that we just kept that like we, we, we never kind of fell out of contact with our inner child. Sometimes you do, you know, friends drift apart, right? Yeah. And you don't talk, you used to be best friends. Like, think about this, like you used to be best friends with uh, someone when you were like 10 years old, but then you grew apart and you haven't spoken in 30 years, but it, it's that way with your inner child. You either stay mm -hmm. together or you, mm -hmm. or you drift apart. And I think it sometimes it just happens naturally or it doesn't. And it's not like I wake up every morning and I like that. I got to connect with my inner child today. And I've got like rituals and routines and things that I do to, it, it's just there. Like some of us are just fortunate and it manifests itself in all kinds of like silly little ways in daily life. Like I, I, I did, I, <laughs> It's so funny. I asked my, some of my friends recently if they did this the one. They went, oh, yeah, it's not just you. It's like when you go through like a supermarket, uh, when you go to the supermarket and the doors automatically open in front of you, if you just wave your hand and pretend that you're opening the doors using the force, yeah. like it's just stuff <laughs> yes. like that. You know, it, yeah. it, it's just I've done that, that before. That's, 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 your, that's your inner child doing that. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and, and I, I'm before, I still do. I'm a 40 year old, 49 year old man. I still do that. And so it's, yeah, and when I get out, I, I, this other ridiculous thing, when I get out, like a hot shower and there's all kind of steam and stuff, I kind of imagine that I'm like emerging from like a cryogenic freeze yes. or something. Like, yes. being, I've been woken up like 500 years in the future after being like in, in this pod. And it's just, just little things like that. If you, if you do those kinds of kind of things in your daily life without even thinking about it, mm -hmm. that's your inner child refusing to grow up. Like your physical body has to grow up and your brain in many ways emotionally you have to grow up to get to deal with the kind of the rigors of the adult world but as long as there's that little part of you that childlike part of you that refuses to grow up and just just wants to kind of remain emotionally frozen at 10 years old when you still have that very active imagination that's again i don't think that's something you can obtain or train for it's just a gift that some of us are fortunate to to have as they as we evolve but again we we, we stayed in touch with erin a child if, if you have that gift then that is something that can really be very useful um, you know, in uh, your life as a, as a creative person. Yeah, never lose the imagination. Never lose and what's, it. And what's really wonderful about the fact that Noelle Wells read the quote today, her character on Lower Decks is a very childlike character and even the way she reads it. And when you see the video, and I always remind the, the, the listeners to please check out our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, the Roddenberry social media accounts to see the, our daily videos of our guests reading the quotes. Um, even the way she reads it with uh, with that childlike innocence. And I think, Gary, you're absolutely right when you mentioned the fact that, you know, there it, there does come a time when there's a loss of innocence where, you know, we, quote unquote, grow up beyond me wanting to be an orthodontist. When I started getting closer to college and uh, I was a uh, political science major in undergrad, and that's where I got my degree in. And I thought, well, I guess I'm going to be a lawyer. Like, that seemed like the most interesting thing to me. But I also kind of attribute that to the fact that uh, I grew up in the Midwest, and Hollywood and the entertainment world could have been another planet for as far as I was concerned, because I was just kind of like in Michigan, and it just didn't seem like a, a viable option for me. Even though growing up as a huge lover of pop culture, 
you know, watching and playing with my He-Man figures, like you mentioned, and Transformers and G.I. Joe's and the breakfast cereals and the 80s, the, the Saturday morning cartoons and all of that. I love that. I never dreamed that I could work in entertainment and make a living doing those things. And by a, a series of very fortunate events, I became a blogger and I wrote a pop culture blog for 12 years and I was able to really exercise that pleasure principle and write about the things that gave me the most joy and then make a living at it and then transitioning into other entertainment as a TV producer and now as a podcaster with two of you. And, you know, sometimes when you think about like what you want to be when you grow up, it didn't occur to me that I uh, that this was an option for me and it became a very nice surprise for me. So I guess in, in one respect, uh, there can be a loss of innocence that can be a shocking realization of the realities of life. But there was also this loss for me where I was like, I didn't even know it was possible. And it is. <laughs> and I get to enjoy it. So I, yeah. I've been fortunate in that way, too. We have to just remind ourselves that there's still more to come. That's the thing is that people have a tendency, I think they become, and this is sad, as they get older, they're thinking, well, you know, society doesn't look at older people the way they look at younger people. And so they mm -hmm. don't expect as much, but we need to learn to expect more from ourselves and realize that there is still more that we can contribute, still more that we can do, still more that we can learn. And once we retrain our brains to think that way, then maybe yeah. we can be as optimistic as Gene Roddenberry says, and that the best is yet to come. There's more for me to do. It doesn't matter if I'm eight or 80 or 108, I can still do things as long as I yeah. set my mind to it. I think that's a great way to wrap up this episode. Uh, we want to remind our listeners to please check out uh, the Roddenberry social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to watch videos of our guests reading the quotes and Noelle re reading our quote today. And we hope you'll join the three of us again tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 